What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, Legion of Audience. This is James. And before we get started today, I wanted to take a second and let you all know about the brand new Who Would Win Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get behind-the-scenes access like you've never seen before, go to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow right now. Who Would Win patrons will have access to outtake videos, early info on battles, and even get a vote on characters that we'll use in upcoming episodes. So if you'd like to support me and the show, head to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow, and for as little as five bucks a month, you can define yourself as more than just a fan. You'll be an official member of the Legion. Hope to see you there. As the clock ticks down, every second that passes is one more that the bomb could be diffused, but isn't. Jack Bauer races down the stairwell of an underground garage, trying to find the person that has the info he needs to save the city. Jack kicks open a door at the bottom floor and frantically scans about the area looking for any sign of life at all. It is then that Jack sees a lone figure sitting in a car, clearly trying to lay low. As he rushes over, the figure sees him coming and steps out to face him. I'm with CTU. Tell me where the bomb is. The figure shoots Jack a confused look as Jason Bourne thinks for a moment and says, I'm not the person you're looking for. Jack scowls and says, I don't believe you. Jason takes a fighting stance and demands that Jack back off. I'm telling you, this is one time you got it wrong. Jack grimly smiles and just says, the one thing I don't have is time. It's Delta One versus Delta Force. It's Medusa versus the CTU. It's Jason Bourne versus Jack Bauer. Today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comics, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by the one, the only, the, re- the legend himself, it's Race to Canis, of course. In today's matchup, it's another classic Who Would Win battle where despite the fact that both characters are so different, the battle itself kind of makes a lot of sense all over again. Look, we, that's what we do. We take two people from different universes, put them together, and this battle just is so naturally put together, it makes a lot of sense. And one corner, you have Fox's solution to James Bond. I'm talking about Jack Bauer himself from the 24 series versus Jason Bourne, someone with no memory of what he's done, yet somehow remembers every fighting style ever created. As usual, I did the patented Hoodwin Google test just to see how many times this matchup has been discussed. And look, 
This is Showdown September. There's a reason why we're doing this matchup. And it's because it's been discussed at least, I don't know, 800 billion times online, but it's never come to a clear conclusion until today, that is. Now, Ray, what are your thoughts on today's matchup? I've been poking for this battle for quite a while now. I'm a huge fan of 24. I would argue that 24, for our younger Gen Zs out there and the younger millennials, 24 was the first, quote-unquote, bingeable show that uh, TV ever brought us. It was when Netflix was brand new and it only sent you DVDs in the mail, if you can believe that. I inhaled the first few seasons of 24, getting those little red envelopes from Netflix, watching three episodes and shooting them back out that same day and lather, rinse, repeat, and just going through discs in a rotation. 24 is one of the best shows. It really doesn't even do justice to just how action-packed, how exciting every moment of a season of 24 is. Now, the Bourne, obviously, Jason Bourne is a whole series of novels that existed, but nobody knew of that. Nobody cares. They were movies with Matt Damon, one of the biggest movie stars on the planet. You got Goodwill Hunting You. Uh -huh. See what I did there? Uh, yeah. And, and he's also a, a modern action legend. Uh, and that is one thing that I really like about this is you have um, Matt Damon and Kiefer Sutherland for Jack Bauer. These are two characters not known for being necessarily action stars, but through these two properties, they became action stars. And I think there's something cool with that. You know, I, I almost wonder if if we, if it wasn't for 24 and then the Jason Bourne film series, would we have stuff like John Wick? I'm not so sure we no would. Chance. I mean, this stuff really absolutely defined a new era, a new genre of storytelling through action. Now, let's kind of circle back to Showdown September, right? Because this is now kind of like the, that, again, I said it, it's a magical time of year where we take these really talked about matches that people have been talking about for decades sometimes, and we just do them justice who would win style. Now, with that being said, people reach out to me all the time, and I've been kind of collecting some data on what people have been asking for for Showdown September in terms of their top matches. And I've compiled the results. I've got our top three. I just want to run by it real quick. Now, oh, this should be a hoot. It's going to be crazy. I think you're going to agree with all of them. The number three most requested matchup, this one makes a lot of sense, it's One Punch Man versus Goku, right? You got to love that matchup. I mean, what? how does One Punch Man lose? I mean, this is, people have been requesting, what is the name? Saitama? Saitima? I don't know. I can't speak anime. But um, people have been requesting One Punch Man on the show for a long time, and we always just ask the question, who would he face that he doesn't defeat in One Punch? That's the entire gimmick of the character. So unless you can show me that Goku can beat a character who's like a, a comedy character who wins every fight with One Punch, like uh, One Punch Man wins, we have a five-minute episode of Who Would Win, and no one is happy. I'm up for the challenge. I'll take Goku in that battle. All right, moving on to our next battle. Done. Next week. Let's go. Let's do the it. Wins. <laughs> the next battle, which obviously this one, the first time we even came up with the concept of who would win, this was talked about. It's the Avengers versus Justice League. Pretty much the ultimate Marvel versus DC battle. Ray, what's your opinion on that one? And that's a tough one, too. I mean, look, these are two great forces. I'm sure at some point in who would win, uh, if we keep going for season after season after season, we're going to have to do it eventually. I don't think it's going to be this year per se, maybe, but probably not because you have such a litany and range of characters with which to draw. And some of those characters are Superman, which kind of tilts it again, one side over the other. I'm not saying the Avengers have no chance. I'm just saying when you have Superman and other Superman level characters on one side, it really doesn't matter unless you have one punch man on the other side. It just doesn't matter. I mean, we could have one punch man in the Avengers versus Goku in the Justice League. We can figure this out, right? This is what we do now. Moving on. That would sound terrible. The top matchup 
that has guys i don't know if you can hear my dog if you can let me know i'll uh okay nope. great and the top requested matchup the number one most requested matchup this one surprised me you'll never guess what this is ray it's the Muppets versus Sesame Street. This is I crazy. I knew you were going to say that. Listen, nobody, the fans James, want nobody it. wants the that. The fans want nobody, this. This is wanna... talked about on a weekly basis oh my on God. the Who Would Win Twitter feed, on Facebook. I mean, people still want this matchup. And Ray, we need to give the people what they want. This is what we do. We do. And we've done it multiple times before. We don't need a, what, third, fourth installment of Muppets versus Sesame Street. We've done this battle so many times in so many different ways. If you want it, you have it already. You have it with me repping the Muppets. You have it with me repping Sesame Street. Uh, James was there too. And what I'm trying to say is like, if you really like that battle, go listen to it multiple times in multiple ways. This is, if you've heard the expression of the butcher putting their thumb on the scale while they weigh your deli uh, meats, that's what James is doing here. No one is asking for this battle. In fact, I want you to go on Twitter and I, I'm sorry, X, just kidding, Twitter, or more likely threads. And I want you to hashtag James, nobody wants it. I mean, if we're talking about a race to Canis win, you know, overall win for season five, absolutely that hashtag applies. Now, speaking of something absolutely fantastic and really great, it's time to introduce our guest judge making another appearance on the Who Would Win show. It's someone who Jeff Bezos, SpaceX, and the Legion of Audience all agree is the smartest man on the planet. It's host of the Delvin Cox Experience and the PlayStation Experience podcast. You'll never guess who this is, by the way. It's the one and only Delvin Cox. Delvin, welcome back to Who Would Win. back on the show. I am ecstatic to be back for Showdown September, baby. This is the time of year. This is the season for giving. I'm I'm ecstatic. I'm hyped. Ray's here, too. It's fine. We'll, We'll move forward with that. But... This is like, um, I guess this is like the all-star game for who will win. This is the all-star game if someone decided to maybe invite Ray as well. Here's the thing, Delvin. Yes. Now, listen, before we get into like what people want to see in the Who Would Win show and how much you've been a big part of the show, by the way, we can't thank you enough for that. Tell the Legion of Audience what you've been up to. Well, in my spare time of saving the world, because I'm also I'm a Green Lantern now, so that's that's the thing. Check out Justice League Mortal. I'm Green Lantern. Ray's there, too. Apparently, he's Batman or something. Ooh. <laughs> but, but you know just still doing a Delvin Cox experience doing a PlayStation experience I'm doing a lot of video game podcasts apparently apparently I'm really good at the video game podcasts because they keep giving me podcasts to host <laughs> like I mean I think it's a smart call you know sponsors pay a lot of money for your time I mean this is all tracks you know it all makes sense now Delvin you've been with the show in some way shape or form since the beginning and you know when it comes to these kind of matchups that people are asking for especially for Showdown September Sure, we've done Muppets versus Sesame Street before, but is it time to kind of go there and do like, I don't know, a One Punch Man versus Goku, a Justice League versus Avengers? I mean, that's like throwing it all on the table and just seeing what's going to happen. Do you think it's time we just went that far with the show? One Punch Man versus Goku sounds like a terrible idea. (laughs) That one does not work. I can see a version of the Justice League versus Avengers can working. I feel like the team battles I love, like, you know, Muffet versus Sesame Street was a great one. I feel like you can kind of expand on that. Maybe like some aspects of Cartoon Network versus the Nicktoons or other things like that. It's just kind of like, like I said, Showdown September, it's a lot of things you could do with it. And it kind of just, it's just fun. It's all about fun for this month. I think there's a reason that you're here for Showdown September's inaugural episode for this season. We had to bring in a judge that not only kind of has that fantastic knowledge, that storytelling to give a great answer at the end when you render your decision, 
but someone who has, what's the right term? The gravitas, right? The presence, that person who can control the who would win aura, if you will, to keep Ray in control and to, you know, say hi to me and be nice to me at the same time. So are you ready <laughs> for this responsibility, Delvin Cox, of judging episode one of Showdown September? Oh, I definitely am. This is like, for those who don't know, these are two of my favorite characters. I love 24 and I love the Bourne series. Not the books. Nobody reads that. The, the movies are fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> the movies are very fantastic. And, and Ray was right about this, you know. Matt Damon kind of brought that role to prominence as well as Keith Sutherland as Jack Bauer. I cannot think of these roles being played by anybody else. I love it. All right. Well, we have everything the Legion of Audience wants in terms of a great battle. With all that being said, Ray, please do us the honors and intro today's episode. Representing action cinema, the agent who proves that you can still be dangerous even if you were born yesterday, Jason Bourne. And representing Fox Television, the federal agent who had a street named for him once, but they had to change the name very quickly after discovering that no one crosses Jack Bauer and lives. Jack Bauer. When you said representing Fox Television, I instantly thought of either Al Bundy or Peter Griffin, who, by the way, would be great as Jack Bauer. Don't you think? Two, that, two great Fox television shows. I'm thinking it's just absolutely crazy. Okay. Well done, right Now, before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of a Who Would Win match. Rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the Who Would Win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. Ray, is there is there any additional version of Jack Bauer, or is it just the one from the TV series? Well, oddly enough, there are eight Jack Bauer seasons of the TV show 24, and there is a video game of 24 that is canon to the series that happens between seasons two and three. So he went on nine one-day adventures. That's what I'm drawn from. I mean, that's a heck of an extended week right there. That's uh, that's pretty cool. All right, now listen, uh, Delvin, you already said this. There's the novel version of Jason Bourne in the film series. I got to tell you, I, I, I don't have the time to read all of the books. I also can't read. Sorry, uh, it's something I'm working on. So I decided to go with the film version uh, with no subtitles so I can really immerse myself into this character. All right, rule number four. Debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are a long-established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, but will be given less weight. Rule number five, the winner of the debate is whoever the judge decides is the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal where no attack or threat can be made for at least two minutes and where no outside interference is allowed. And finally, rule number six, the judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. And before we get started, don't forget to leave the Who Would Win show a five-star rating and a fantastic written review wherever you download and listen to podcasts. Abandoned carts, rejected payments, spotty support. If you're selling online and something just isn't working, you deserve an upgrade. It's time for Shopify. Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Whether you're a garage entrepreneur or you're IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool you need to start, run, and grow your business without the struggle. 
Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. So whether you're selling satin sheets from Shopify's in-person POS system or offering organic olive oil on Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform, you are covered. And once you've reached your audience, Shopify has the internet's best converting checkout to help you turn them from browsers into buyers. One of the things I love about Shopify is that there's no limit to how big you could potentially grow, right? No matter how big you think you can get, you can always get bigger because Shopify gives you everything you need to take control of your business and then take your business to the next level. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash www. Go to shopify.com slash www to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash www. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And now let's get to the tale of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details for Jack Bauer. Jack Bauer is a federal agent for the counter-terrorist unit and main protagonist of the TV show 24. He was created by Joel Surnow and Robert Cochran, and of course was played brilliantly by one Kiefer Sutherland. Jack Bauer just wanted to protect his country and be left alone. In that order. However, when terrorists have a plan to upend democracy over and over again, Jack is enlisted in the highest stakes missions with the tightest time window imaginable. That would be 24 hours, as the show 24 is 24 episodes per season, and it takes place in real time. Jack is the highest level of badass and does not let silly things like morals get in the way when lives are on the line. Now, fun fact, Jack used a couple of different cars on the show. He started out driving a GMC Yukon, but normally was seen driving several different Ford Expeditions that CTU was rolling with. And that's because Ford was the official sponsor of 24 
in its first four seasons. And in season five, Toyota became the official sponsor. So now suddenly Jack was driving a personal silver Toyota Tundra uh, at the start of day five. And then he also drove a dark blue Tundra uh, on day six. By the time we get to day eight, Jack drove a Chevy Malibu because Chevy was now the official sponsor. So this is something I did not know coming in, but Jack changes cars like 24 changes car sponsors. That is Jack Bauer. I mean, he puts his cars through hell. All right, Most let's cars face it. do not end well. No, no, no. I have 24 hours of driving the way he does, and he's not a safe driver, by the way, Race to Canis. I don't blame him for changing cars every day. I would. All right, well done. Now, here are the details for Jason Bourne. The character of Jason Bourne was created by an American author, Robert Ludlum. He first appeared in the novel The Bourne Identity, which was published in 1980. Which was published in 1980. The character was later adapted for the big screen, making his cinematic debut in the film The Bourne Identity, directed by Doug Liman and released on June 14, 2002. The film starred Matt Damon in the title role and marked the beginning of a successful film series based on Ludlum's novels. In the Bourne film series, Jason Bourne, portrayed by Matt Damon, is introduced as a highly skilled assassin suffering from amnesia, part of a covert CIA program called Treadstone. His journey begins with a desperate search for his identity, unraveling his past as a government operative trained to kill. The films explore his struggle with morality, memory, and the realization of being used as a weapon by his government. Throughout the film series, Bourne's character evolves from a confused and isolated figure to a determined individual seeking justice and truth. His pursuit leads him through a maze of conspiracies, betrayals, and action-packed encounters with various adversaries. The character's complexity is highlighted by his internal conflict between his lethal abilities and his growing sense of ethics and humanity, just like James Gavsey. And here's an interesting fact about Jason Bourne. Did you know that Matt Damon is convinced that the character of Jason Bourne could beat Batman in a fight? It's true. Matt Damon, Jason Bourne himself, has officially gone on record to say, and I quote, Jason Bourne would kick the S, you know what, out of Batman. Absolutely. Batman's got to take on Superman first. If he could beat him, then maybe he could take on Jason Bourne referencing that film, Batman versus Superman, whatever. Strong words for typically so effusionate, but he clearly feels confidence in his chances. Batman, a.k.a. Ben Affleck, his good friend, on the other hand, didn't take too kindly to the callout and fired back with some haymakers of his own by saying, Matt is going around saying this all over the place, but not to my face. But Matt can't even beat me up as Ben Affleck, <laughs> never mind Batman. <laughs> so, look, point. is there any doubt that these guys are from Boston? I just don't think so. And now you have the facts of both opponents. Delvin, do you have any questions before we get started? Yes. How long has Matt Damon been smoking crack? <laughs> you know, it's, it's off and on. It's off and on. There's a documentary that came out in the early 2000s called Team America that alludes to Matt Damon's uh, illicit behavior that we may not see in the, out in the open. So who knows? The answer is a, a long time. Okay. No questions then. <laughs> Fair question. All right. Let's get this party started. Ray, hit us with your point number one. Point number one for Jack Bauer. Let's start at the beginning and just talk about his basic abilities and training and some of the things that Jack Bauer knows how to do. Starting off with Jack Bauer, he served in the Army, of course. Jack served in the 1st Special Forces Operational Detachment Delta. We all know what that means. That means he was a proud member of Delta Force. I mean, I believe that uh, Jason Bourne might have been in there as well, but we just start that as a baseline between these two characters. Now, among his awards and decoration while he served in the military. He got the Silver Star, the Purple Heart, and the Legion of Merit. So this is a guy who saw combat, got hurt in combat, and overcame obstacles to help save people and win the day. That's really who Jack Bauer is. That tells you a lot about who he is at the core of his character. 
in that he puts service over his own personal well-being and he does what he needs to do in order to save people. That's his whole deal. Now, he received airborne training, air assault training, and army ranger training as well. So this guy, I, I would be happy with any one of those three. This is a guy who did all three of them. So you could put him in essentially any kind of a combat zone, any kind of a combat theater operation mission. And this is a guy who has the training necessary to get himself out the other side with success. Now, after the army was done, he worked with the LA SWAT unit, special weapons and tactics, thus increasing his repertoire in knowing situations and sieging and that kind of a thing. And then he worked with the CIA where he learned torture techniques, one can assume, and the human body and how to hurt it real, real bad. And then he worked for CTU, which in the world of 24 is the counterterrorism unit or counterterrorist unit. Most commonly in hand-to-hand -hand combat, Jack Bauer is seen using Krav Maga, uh, which is taught by the Israeli Defense Force, the IDF, some of the uh, greatest soldiers on the planet, I believe, is what they're basically known as. So who hasn't he trained from that is incredible? About the only thing I haven't seen him do is become a Navy SEAL, and I just don't think you're allowed to after joining Delta Force. I think that's like a rule. You can't cross the streams like that. Now, also in combat, Jack Bauer's been seen using Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, James, Muay Thai, Hapkido, Kali, and Wing Chun Kung Fu. So this is a guy much like, what do you say, like uh, the Punisher? When he gets in fighting, he might have one main fighting style, but he's grabbing moves from everywhere, so you don't necessarily know what he's going to do next. Additionally, he's got the combat training with items as well, not just his body. So he can handle explosives, electronic devices of any kind. He can hotwire a car very, very quickly. We've seen him do that on a number of occasions when he needs to. And he's also proficient in all manners of firearms. He's like a G.I. Joe in this regard, and that he can use all pistols, uh, SMGs, high-powered assault rifles, grenades. What can't he use? And all of this, all of this training means that when he sees you, he can dispatch you with a very, very short amount of time necessary. He's only got 24 hours to find the bad guys, defuse the bombs, and save the day. Jason Bourne takes like weeks in the European countryside just hanging out fishing. He doesn't have that drive that Jack Bauer does. And I would argue Jack Bauer has all of this intense levels of training to kill people, and he can even remember his real name at the end of the day. That's strong, and that's my point number one. All right, listen, no disrespect to the character of Jack Bauer because he's awesome, but here's a little fun fact about me. So previous life, not only do I do a lot of the MMA thing, I've actually trained combatives. I've trained people in combatives from all over and from every, almost every branch of the military you can think of. I've trained people from the SEALs, Rangers. You know, I've had students who are big time to Krav as well, straight from Israel, all that, all wonderful people with different capabilities and what have you. Now, here's a little thing I'm going to say, which is really controversial, but it's the truth. Take someone who's an absolute badass, like a Navy SEAL, because they are, and they're incredible, and they're living, breathing superheroes. When it comes to one-on-one -on -one fighting, that's not their core competency. What a Navy SEAL wants to do is hit their target in such a way where they take care of whatever their objective is, and they're already really far away before even, anyone even realizes that something happened. If they all of a sudden have to put up their dukes, so to speak, and start fighting, something's gone horribly wrong. Do they have great combat training? Yes. Do they have that willingness to fight? Yes. Are they the elite combat people, like unarmed resource people, whatever? No, they are not. And Jack Bauer is someone who's had different types of specialized training. 
You talk about airborne. You're talking about army rangers. You're talking about all these different counterterrorism. That's great. But here in the who would win battle, we're talking about a one-on-one encounter, right? This is a fight, random encounter, whatever. This is something that Jason Bourne has been trained for. Jack Bauer has received training that could lend itself to this. But this fight is exactly what Jason Bourne has been trained for. The other thing is that Jack Bauer has resources, right? You kind of mentioned that. He's, has, he's got teams. He's got resources. He's got computers. He's got cars, car, a different car for every day. This is someone who's got a lot of stuff to help him in these crazy days that he has. But again, in this fight, that's not going to be of any use to him whatsoever. So let me get to my point number one here. And let's talk about Jason Bourne's physicals. Because for my point number one, Jason Bourne, he's in peak physical condition. Look, he's at the pinnacle of physical ability and his strength, his speed, his agility, his reflexes, his durability, endurance are all at the highest level for a man his age, height, and weight. Look, we've used this term before. He's at that point with his physicality where if anything were improved by 0.0001%, he'd officially be considered superhuman. That's how good he is in terms of his conditioning. Now, in terms of durability, his strength, his endurance, he's capable of taking insane damage in combat, surviving freezing temperatures, climbing down the side of buildings which takes crazy strength, running and jumping across buildings at great speeds, surviving falls from great heights, withstanding intense physical pain and torture, running incredible speeds for long periods without tiring, and tossing people around is not a problem for him because he is just that strong. He's also got a gifted intellect. Look, he's super intelligent, sharp-witted, strategic thinking, and you know he's alert and adaptive in any situation. He's a quick learner. He's mastered a lot of various fields such as espionage, infiltration, counterintelligence, and he's a master at adjusting his plans you know, in case there's changes and knowing how to plan well in advance and improvise new plans when necessary. Listen, put him in any situation, whether it's going according to plan or not, and he's going to know what to do. He was always able to be a few steps ahead of the CIA and managed to fake his own death where no one, including CIA, thought he was still alive. So take what Jack Bauer can do. And Jason Bourne already knows how to fool that kind of train, that kind of person. He's also a master tactician. He's highly trained. He's a master of situational awareness. He's extremely good at lateral thinking and finding highly creative ways to stay a few steps ahead of the people hunting him, as I already kind of mentioned. He can effectively track down his targets on any way he wants. He can determine the best course of action in various missions super quick. He's skilled at coming up with executing plans for a variety of missions on the spot. And he's really good at understanding his opponents and using their flaws and plans against them. This will be the big factor that gets him the win against Jack Bauer. Trust me. He's also a master of stealth. He can sneak in and out of most guard buildings silently without being detected. He can follow his targets for long periods of time unnoticed and quickly disappear from sight, even in broad daylight. He's also skilled at escaping, capture, and breaking others out when necessary. In simpler terms, let me put it this way, Jason Bourne actually can pull off the Batman disappearing act. He can be right in front of him, and all of a sudden he's gone. That's crazy. But he's also developed, this is really cool, this type of sixth sense when it comes to picking up signs of danger or possible threats. This is actually a real thing for people who have a lot of training and combat experience in terms of one-on-one combat and having to take someone out in a really weird random encounter in a neutral location, no previous you know, knowledge. This is that kind of training that actually does exist that Jack Bauer doesn't have, but that Jason Bourne was immersed into. And this is something that allows Jason Bourne to pick up danger before anyone else in his vicinity does. This allows him to overcome those with like kind of good plans, great training, whatever it is. He knows how to overcome people at a moment's notice, and he's got the physicals that are almost superhuman to do it. All of that together is my point number one. Okay. No, I mean, look, Jason Bourne is physically uh, imposing. Like uh, Matt Damon got to put on a lot of muscle in order to play this character. And there could be no denying this at all. Now, when you talked about your thing about like these Navy SEALs, which of course Jack Bauer is not the Delta Force guys. What all I really heard you say, James, is that Jack would win as quickly as possible and get out of there, which is exactly what he does to all these people on the TV show 24. 
He dispatches them quickly and he moves on to the next one. And that's basically what you told me he was going to try to do. So I don't see how that was actually a good counter. Now, there's a big difference between having training, lots of training that you could always lean on in any situation and having to suddenly remember things as you go along, right? There's a big difference between being told something and actually having done it yourself before. And that's the difference between Jack Bauer and Jason Bourne. Jack Bauer's done all these things. He's accomplished all these things. He's had all this training. His mind's going to go with where to go. And Jason Bourne isn't really thinking about it at all. He's just hoping his next move is right. And many times it is, to be fair, but that's no way to put together a cohesive plan, right? And the last thing I want to mention right here is that uh, Jason Bourne was what? He was a, a, a black ops a hitman for the CIA, and he stopped doing that. Why? Guilt. He felt guilty about killing people. You know who don't feel guilty about killing people, whether they're his friends and loved ones or hated terrorists? Jack Bauer. He'll put a bullet in your head in three seconds if you let him, and Jason Bourne's trying hard not to kill. That's a supreme drawback. I mean, I could totally see that happening where they face off and then Jason Bourne immediately has like a man crush on Jack Bauer. And he's like, I can't fight you. You know, I can't quit you. Can you know it. what I mean? It's going to be one of those things. We'll see if that happens. All right. Delvin Cox, our esteemed judge. You've heard one point from both Ray and myself. Where's your head at so far with this battle? So far, I think it's a good filling out period. I think you both made some really excellent points in terms of you, you kind of laid out each one's abilities, you know, Jason Bourne at peak human, the the skills that Jack Bauer has in terms of the training and stuff like that. But you both put out two very interesting points, and I want to see where this battle goes with this. James said that Jack Bauer relies on teams, but this is a who-win battle. No teams here. So that's a very solid point. On the other hand, Ray put out the good point that Jason Bourne doesn't always have to drive to do things. In terms of what he means by that, I, I, got, I got what he was picking up, putting down. Jason Bourne, for the movies, was a runner. He was trying to survive. He, was, he wasn't going into an offensive. This is a battle where you two guys have to combat each other and kind of get that victory. So if Jason Bourne leaves the battlefield and trying to escape, that's technically a loss. So I'm, trying, I, I'm kind of trying to figure out where this battle is going to go. Is this going to be a situation where Jack Bauer doesn't have the help he needs because he can't. I don't, I'm assuming he can't talk to Chloe in this battle or he can't get help from Tony Almeida. So that might be out the window. Well, James would argue in his Batman Beyond episode that Bruce Wayne should count as he's always in, uh, in, uh, in, in Batman's ear. And if James thinks that all those characters should be involved since he did in that episode, clearly they should be here, right? I will say this. Sure, just... In the same episode where the judge said he would not allow well, that, for that was good to judging, James. That doesn't mean that's not what you think should happen. And since we both agree in this case that that's what should happen, wow. <laughs> you're accusing Delvin of not being a good judge. That's what should wow. happen. I'm just Delvin, saying. I'm sorry. I do think you're a good judge, Thank no matter what race. I appreciate you're that. You're welcome. So, but I kind of laid it out what you guys have to do. Knock yourselves out with your point number two. Let's do it, Ray. Hit us with your point number point two. Point number two for Jack Bauer. We're going to talk about just some of the things he's done. And just more about the man he is, because Jack Bauer is a very impressive individual. There is a reason why terrorists, when they find out Jack Bauer is getting involved, poop themselves. They do not. They're not happy when Jack Bauer is involved. They all think they can manage him, but none of them can manage him. Why do you even kidnap Jack Bauer's family? That's like kidnapping Liam Neeson's family in Eastern Europe. 
It's just not something that a smart person would do. Now, Jack Bauer was kidnapped by Chinese agents following one of the seasons of the show. He was tortured for almost two years straight. Two years straight. It is revealed in the next season after this happened that he did not speak a single word the entire time. Jack Bauer could be tortured for two straight years and you will get nothing from him. Nothing whatsoever. I can't say the same for Jason Bourne, but he also hasn't been put through that. But that toughens someone mentally. That makes someone's resolve that much stronger. And Jack Bauer will kill a lot of people as a result of that resolve. Jack Bauer's kill count on the TV show 24, just the TV show, is 309 on-screen deaths. That only counts people he killed on-screen that we know about. Chances are very, very good. He killed more people before the series ever began when he was working in the Delta Force and for the CIA and definitely on days that weren't eight days. That's 309 kills in eight days. That is a heck of a body count for a character to think that Jason Bourne is going to get out of this in any possible way. Additionally to the 309 he killed, he incapacitated 87 more. So nearly 400 people neutralized in eight seasons of 24. It's a lot of bodies. Now, this is a guy, Jack Bauer, when he wins, he, he's not done. This is a guy who wins, he gets what he wants, and then he finishes it. He's taught to shoot for center mass and empty the clip. In the very first season, the big bad was Dennis Hopper. Yes, that Dennis Hopper, incredible on the show. Jack Bauer, spoiler alert, at the end of the first season of 24 for a 20, uh, almost year old show, he shoots Dennis Hopper once or twice. And, and, and he's like, this is it. We could walk away now. But then Jack Bauer empties the rest of the clip in Dennis Hopper's chest, blowing him off of a pier and dead body floating in the water. He isn't going to give Jason Bourne a second chance. If he gets him down, he's emptying the clip into his chest. In a different season, there was a, a lady and her uh, was it son, uh, sidekick, whatever. He ends up killing the first one by throwing him out the window. And he grabs the lady. He defuses the bomb before it can, like, missile that blows up New York or whatever. You know, he saves the day. And then it's like, what are you going to do now? What does he do? He throws her out the window. He throws her out the window, killing her as well. He doesn't care that he wins. He needs to neutralize completely and forever. He's like the Punisher in many, many different ways. Now, I would argue Jason Bourne is very, very good at uh, hand-to-hand combat uh, improvisation. This is a guy who grabs everything around him and will try to stab you with a pencil, will try to grab like a door and slam it on you. That's the kind of guy that Jason Bourne is. That's how he fights. But Jack is going on a whole other level. Not only is he going to grab the things around you, he's going to grab like chains and other things in the environment and use them to murder you with. He's done it time and time again, because remember, Jason Bourne is often being uh, hunted, right? Jason Bourne is fighting in a place that he knows. Jason Bourne is being is fighting in a place that he understands. Jack Bauer is going from one unfamiliar place to the next, is given a host of people he needs to take out on their home turf. Playing defense is always easier than offense, and Jack gets it done every single time. Jason Bourne is a hitman, right? At the end of the day, he likes to plan out uh, a, a long series of events that he can manipulate and control. Jack Bauer just has to throw himself in there and make it work. Uh, last thing I want to talk about is the superhuman ability that Jack Bauer has. 
to navigate LA traffic. If you don't live in LA, you don't know, but there are scenes where Jack Bauer is in Glendale. They go to commercial, they come back and he's in Santa Monica. I don't know how he does it, especially at 4 p.m. in the afternoon. If you've ever driven the 101 or 405 or five freeways here in Los Angeles, you got to understand Jack Bauer's driving ability is superhuman, and that's my point number two. You know, I can't deny that being able to navigate L.A. traffic without wanting to go on a murderous rampage is a superhuman power in itself. I do think that's pretty impressive that he can go from Glendale to Santa Monica within a commercial break. That's crazy. Now, let, let me kind of get back to this. You know, Jack Bauer, you mentioned you started off your point number two, captured and tortured for two years straight and didn't escape. Captured and tortured for two years straight. That's a really interesting thing. I'll have to meditate on that for a second and maybe bring it up for my point number three for something more important. Now, you talked about mental resolve. Both of these guys have an insanely strong mental resolve. But, you know, the UFC has taught us something really, really amazing, especially the first few beginning UFCs where you had a style versus style, but it still pertains to today as well. Take someone with that mental resolve that is just like, you know, undeniable and super powerful and put them in, you know, a fight with someone who may not even have as strong of a mental resolve, but Jason Bourne does. But let's say Jason Bourne didn't. And you put up against someone who's just physically better, superior, whatever. Your mental resolve will help you stay in the fight a little bit longer. But against someone who's that much more powerful and has better fighting ability, your mental resolve is going to go unconscious just like the rest of your body will as well. Unfortunately, I hate to say it, it's just unfortunately something I've seen over and over again. Now, with that being said, I don't think Jack Bauer's mental resolve is stronger than Jason Bourne's. I'll get into that later. In terms of body count, you know, that's interesting. One is like trying to figure something out about himself. The other one's got resources and a mission, got government backing. You know, he's got a car for every day of the week. More than that, it's crazy. So if you gave Jason Bourne all these resources and same mission, how would he do? I think he'd have an insanely high body count as well because he already does in the Jason Bourne series. Now, let me get to my point number two. And in my point number two for this one, let's just talk about his training and his fighting skills. Look, obviously, he's a master martial artist. He's a formerly highly trained CIA assassin. That is something very, very different. You're taking someone out. This is not about just shooting and center mass until you, you know, unload the clip and you've got eight, whatever, how many bullets in the person. This is removing someone from existence, you know, with, with extreme prejudice. I just love how he does it. He's an incredibly skilled martial artist. He's a super impressive fighter. He's got extensive knowledge of martial arts techniques as well as being considered considerably experienced in combat operations. That's really, really cool, too. He's able to beat every opponent he has faced in hand-to-hand -hand combat. His fighting style consists of Jeet Kune Do, Krav Maga, Screamer, Wing Chun Kung Fu, Muay Thai, Boxing, and Kali. I've trained in all those styles for many, many, many years. I know how Jason Bourne fights. I know his resourcefulness. I got to tell you, I'm feeling in alignment with Jason Bourne now in terms of what he can do. Now, Bourne can engage multiple opponents armed or otherwise and come out as a winner in terms of martial arts and fighting styles that he's used. Let's talk about it. Jeet Kune Do. Look, created by Bruce Lee. A lot of people don't know this, but Jeet Kune Do is really the precursor to modern day, modern day MMA. Pretty much it says if it works for you, use it. If it doesn't work for you, get rid of it. And this is something that he can do, that Jason Bourne can do really, really well. He's using techniques from every style you can think of. He doesn't use the entirety of the style because he's like, I don't need it. I don't need to flip around five times, look like a Power Ranger. I just need to be able to put my elbow down this guy's throat and take him out. So I'll take that one technique from that style and put it into my overall style. Of course, he's an amazing boxer. He's using every cool boxing technique you can think of jabs, hooks. It's his hand-to-hand -hand combat thing, but his boxing is so good. This is what people don't understand, that he's such an expert boxer. He doesn't need hand wraps or gloves, which means the structure of his hands, his wrists, his forearms are so perfectly aligned that he won't break his hands. Now, as a boxing instructor as well, I love it when people come into a class and they say, hey, I've got experience. I'm a cardio kickboxing guy 
where I box with gloves. And I'm like, great, take your gloves off, take off any wraps on your hand and hit the bag. Let's go like say medium power. And they're like, uh, and they hit it tentatively. And I'm like, exactly. This is Jason Bourne's specialty. He can hit something with nothing because he's conditioned his hands and they hit like sledgehammers because that's how good it's boxing it. Of course, Krav Maga, you know, the Israeli style self-defense thing. Now, what's great about Krav Maga that Ray may not realize, it's a hit and run style as well. All the other styles he's got, that's what finishes him. But if someone comes out, you the knife, what have you, Krav Maga is a great style to go with. And he, Jason Warren's got this. Of course, he's got the old school karate, which means his strikes are insanely powerful. The beautiful thing about karate, people don't get, it's your hip movement, your torque, the extra power. You can use all of that within your boxing, your Muay Thai kickboxing, and create way more power than you normally have. Jason Bourne hits at a superhuman level. That's the difference between him and a Jack Bauer. Now, in terms of his disarms, Bourne is skilled in disarming opponents use, and then using the weapons against them. Now, weapon disarms and techniques, these are some of the hardest to pull off in training, never mind in real life. I've done a lot of training. I train people how to use knife disarms, gun disarms, pepper spray disarms. There's grenade disarms, all this kind of crazy stuff. To be able to pull this off in an actual fight against someone who's skilled in these weapons, that is of the highest of the highest of the highest level of proficiency, not something Jack Bauer can do even close to the ability of Jason Bourne. In terms of his weapons mastery, okay, look, he can use any fire weapon you go. He always carries you know, a, a firearm. He's always got that on, and he is just really, really skilled with it. But give him anything, any type of firing, you know, rifles, knives, whatever it is, he's going to know how to use it. Now, whatever's available to him as an actual weapon, he's going to pick it up and absolutely instantly use, know how to use that. That's thanks to his Filipino Kali weapons training. Pick up any weapon, anything, and you know how to use it right away. Now, the cool part is with Kali, he can pick up any improvised weapon. Pick up a magazine, roll it up, go up against someone with a knife, you know, use a chair to take on a knife attacker or someone with a gun. Anything that's around him, he's going to use it at a master level. Now, he's using pens, towels as weapons in fights. One fight was when he used a pen to kill an assassin named Castell in this Paris apartment, and he puts that, that knife right into that really weird, vulnerable part of the person's hand in between his knuckles. That is insane proficiency to know that's where you can attack the hand. And also, his improvised weapon style comes from, like, you know, like I said, Kali, which means he can use anything at any angle, whether he's upside down. Upside, he's never, ever, ever going to be without a weapon. Now, on top of that, He's an expert marksman. He's super accurate. He's super skilled in sharpshooting. He's got this knowledge of all of, of firearms in such a way that he can use it while he's rolling upside down. He one time was shooting two different guns in each hand. By the way, Jack Bauer, he's great with one gun in one hand with a weaver stance. Jason Bourne can use two separate firearms. And he had a, a fire of one gun, a pistol in his right hand. In his left hand, he had another pistol he was holding upside down while he was moving upside down as well himself, rolling around. And he was shooting that gun upside down with his pinky finger rapid fire style. That is insanely hard to do. And he was hitting all of his targets. Look, at the end of the day, Jack Bauer is a badass. But he's now facing someone with, and I'm not even kidding here, a James Gadsy type of fighting ability in Jason Bourne. And no one wants that. Just ask everyone I've trained. That's my point number two. Fine. You know, I heard you say a lot about all the training and martial arts that Jason Bourne has done, right? But what I heard you say at the end of it is that he has less training and less combat experience than Jack Bauer. You said a lot of things. You said a lot of things that I'd already said about Jack Bauer, and I added a lot of stuff that Jason Bourne doesn't add up to. So your point seemingly through point number two is that Jason Bourne is not as well trained as Jack Bauer. And James, quite honestly, I agree with you. There is nothing to push back on right there. Now, you re referenced that Jason Bourne was some sort of physical monster. Like we were talking about Brock Lesnar facing Rey Mysterio in this battle, but you got to look at the height and weight of the actors involved because that's the only real way to tell. 
And Matt Damon is five foot ten and 185 pounds. Kiefer Sutherland is five foot eight and a half, 170 pounds. So the answer is yes. Jason Bourne is slightly larger than Jack Bauer, but not so much that it makes an unbeatable difference between these two. I've seen Rey Mysterio beat the big show, and that's not even close to the disparity we're talking about here. These two are close enough match physically that that shouldn't matter. And the final thing I'll say, I've seen Jason Bourne uh, do a lot of good combat stuff. Jack Bauer's taken a lot of hits. One of the most durable guys, doesn't need sleep, is still good 23, 24 hours deep into his day. But two bullets to Jason Bourne in the back put him in the water, starting his adventure of amnesia, and that was enough to beat him. And I like to believe Jack Bauer can put two bullets into Jason Bourne in this battle, and we've already proven at the height of his powers, that's all it takes. I mean, I'd be excited. I wouldn't get any sleep if I knew that the next day I'm getting a brand new car that I could absolutely wreck any way that's I want. That's a good point. And then the next day after that, I get a brand new car. I mean, who's sleeping? That's, that's just, anyway, that's just a me thing. All right, listen, we are at the turning point where after hearing two points from Ray and myself, Delvin tells us who is ahead and what the other side has to do to win. But before we get to what Delvin has to say, let's celebrate the Who Would Win Patron of the Week. Every week, we choose one of our amazing members of the Who Win Show's Patreon community and put them in a battle. Ray, which patron do we have today? Okay, today's patron of the week is the man, the myth, the legend known only as Jacob. Oh my gosh, Jacob. Jacob is a legend. Okay. When you have someone as mysterious as Jacob, let's have him go up against one of the most mysterious apparitions in all of geek culture. Let's have Jacob go up against Casper, the friendly ghost. Now, this is difficult because Jacob, well, you don't know this. Jacob is a master of the paranormal. This is a Mm. guy who has gone ghost hunting lots and lots of times. Now, you think of ghost hunting. You think of like the mob of like three or four idiots who walk into a house with an EKG device and a, a camcorder that only shoots in black and white from 1985. Yeah. I don't know why this is what they're always decked out with. And the crazy thing about normal ghost hunters is they go into a house and then despite the fact that these are quote unquote professional ghost hunters, they get scared by literally everything that happens. And the second anything feels a little bit real, they run away. That's every episode of Ghost Hunters I've ever seen. Why are these people experts? It's embarrassing. Obviously, uh, it's not real. The point I'm trying to make here is that Casper the Friendly Ghost would see Jacob. The thing you got to keep in mind about Casper is he's much like a ghost hunter. He's going to see Jacob, who I'll say it, little pale. He's going to think that Jacob is a ghost and much like a ghost hunter is going to run away out the house. Congratulations, Jacob. Your mere presence terrifies friendly ghosts makes so much sense you know i remember the very first documentary i saw on ghost hunting it was the uh early to mid 80s and these three ghost hunters went into this new york a manhattan basement area of a library and they saw these stacks of books and they saw like this old what looked like a school teacher librarian there you know saying shh don't say anything and then she turns in this crazy i don't know what happened but after that i've not seen any evidence of a real ghost no and that's how i know that they were legitimate ghost hunters because they screamed and ran away I mean, I would do that just when a normal librarian would tell me to, you know, shush. Never exactly. mind if it's a ghost librarian. Crazy. Now, it's a great fight. Remember, you too can become a celebrated patron of the week. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash show and sign up, and you may be featured in an upcoming episode of Who Would Win. Now, back to the turning point. Delvin, you've had a moment to ponder two points from both Ray and myself. Who do you think is ahead, and what does the other side have to do to pull out the victory? This is a very interesting battle. I like where you guys are going. I like the fact that Ray just came out the gate like, hey, Jack Bauer has killed a lot of people. (laughs) 
he may have killed a small community. <laughs> like, it's, it's no joke. And I think it's, it's That's impressive. That's horrible. You're a monster. You're a monster. <laughs> <laughs> but on, on the same t- side of it, I think he also put out a great point that, you know, Jack Bauer was very durable. He was, in, he was being tortured for two years and came out and, like, killed his torture. That's an impressive thing to do. But also, like James alluded to, he did get captured. And he was in, in prison for two years. So there's, there's something to that. But on the Jason Bourne side of things, you know, he, he's really good at the hand-to-hand combat. He's, he's, he's really good. At the, he can get towels. He can get pins. He can hurt people. Ray kind of brought up a point like, hey, all the things that Jack Bauer has done, doesn't seem like Jason Bourne has that same type of experience with. And I know you're kind of comparing movies to eight, nine seasons of a show, but it's still a fair point. And I, I think it's a very, I think it's right now, it's very close, it's very even. What I want to hear is, I want to hear it for one thing, because I know James mentioned it earlier, Jason Bourne is a weapons expert. What kind of weapons are we coming into this battle with? Because I don't, I'm, I'm, since it's, it's a random encounter, I'm quite, I'm assuming that Jason Bourne doesn't have his sniper rifle. I'm assuming they kind of have their standard issue weapons. So how is this battle going to go? Is it just two hand, hand-to-hand combat handguns? Is it just hand-to-hand fist fighting? Because I feel like, Based on what weapons they have and how they use them, and if it's a hand-to-hand encounter, this battle can go either way. That's where I'm at right now. Interesting. Yeah, these two characters have so much in common, other than the fact that Jason Bourne is a superior fighter. I agree with you. They are very, very close in terms of what they are. All right. Listen, Ray, we've been here before. Let's see what happens. Hit us for your point number three. Point number three for Jack Bauer. I first off want to address something that was said right there, because yes, Jack Bauer did get captured. He got captured at the end of one of the seasons of the show. That's after 24 straight hours of grueling awfulness that happened to him. That's no sleep. That's no, you know, often very little to eat. That's one combat scenario after another, after another, with no relenting anything happening in between. Jason Bourne often has weeks in between these fights. Jack Bauer goes from one to the next, so endurance is always going to be on his side. You can't blame him for getting captured under those circumstances. And I mentioned 24, the game, not a lot of huge high notes to hit in that game. I mean, terrorists set off an underground bomb in Los Angeles that created massive earthquakes. Uh, The big thing to keep in mind is that Jack Bauer uses all manner of firearms. He just shows up wherever he needs to with machine guns, submachine guns, all the guns that you were saying you wanted to hear about. Jack Bauer just keeps showing up with them over and over and over again. And he also takes a lot of bullets and keeps going because it's a video game. And maybe that's fair. Maybe that's not fair, but he took more than the two bullets it would take to bring down Jason Bourne. That's for sure. Now, Jack has to improvise in combat all the time. It's one of my main points I need to make. Bourne's biggest advantage is combat improvisation. Here are some times and moments that Jack Bauer improvised while he was in combat. Once he was, he was tied to a chair. He had an EKG machine on him, right? That measures your heartbeat. And he was being like detained. He used his teeth to pull the wires out and pretended to be dead. At which point the torturer ran over to grab him. When he bent down to look at the EKG machine, Jack Bauer bit him in the neck, the side of the neck, destroying the artery and murdering him with a mouth kill, a mouth kill. He just lures him in and knows how to do it psychologically. I think he could pull some psychological moves on Bourne as well. He once put a guy into a headlock at the end of one of the seasons walked up the wall like he was little Spike Dudley, and then on the jumps around, snapped his neck. He snaps a lot of necks. We'll get to that in just a moment. 
snap the man's neck, who was a trained fighter, a trained combatant. He snaps all the necks. I once saw him kill a guy with a flare gun, just shot him square in the chest with a flare gun, brought him down. This is a guy who disarmed and took out an assassin when he was in a hospital. And how did he do it? He just saw a pair of surgical scissors on a tray, I believe. And then he stabbed him with it like, and, and took him out that way. He once cut off a man's head with a samurai sword. He once was stabbed by a woman that he was trying to protect who didn't know what was going on. He then pulled out the knife and threw it across the room to kill an assassin who was coming in to kill her right in the throat from across the room. That's absolutely crazy. He once even threw a screwdriver into a man's chest to kill him. Like he was Agent 47, the famed video game hitman. He's got an accuracy with thrown weapons that cannot be topped. And this guy loves to torture. If he thinks torture can get him the stuff that he needs, he's not afraid to. In fact, he's almost gleeful. Whether these are friends, whether these are terrorists, as long as you're perceived as an enemy in the moment, Jack Bauer will not do anything nice to you whatsoever. Jason Bourne has a heart. Jason Bourne does not want to kill. Jack Bauer not only wants to kill you, he wants to empty the gun clip into your chest, uh, excuse me, magazine, and then he wants to torture you if you're still around to get the information that he needs. The go there factor is off the roof. One time he dressed up in full-on body armor and then walked through a whole bunch of machine gun fire down a tunnel to kidnap the president of the United States. I just love that moment. It just had to be mentioned in this episode. He kills quickly. He kills ruthlessly. Tons of next steps. Tons of going back into the shadows, much like that old video game Manhunt, or again, Agent 47 Hitman. Hides in shadows, jumps out, snaps the neck quickly, bounces back in, just like James said he would do as a member of uh, Delta Force, right? That's what they're trained to do. That's how he fights. The biggest thing I want to say right now is nobody fights through pain like Jack Bauer. Nobody fights through exhaustion like Jack Bauer. These two characters have the possibility to take each other to the limit. And when they each hit their physical grueling limit, Jack Bauer has that experience in his past to fight through the pain, fight through the exhaustion, and get the victory. I don't know that we can say the same for Jason Bourne, who starts getting a little ouchy and then he bounces. He tries to escape and run away. Jack recognizes that pain is occurring in his body and refuses to acknowledge it until the fight is over. That's a mental strength, a mental toughness that I don't think Jason Bourne's capable of. That wins battles. And that's my point number three. Let me kind of push back a little bit about this. We already mentioned this. Jack Bauer, he gets captured and tortured, you know, maybe once, twice, Maybe a whole lot more, which will bring up my point number three. The, it's funny because he did use a headlock on some stuff. And he used a headlock also sometimes successfully, sometimes not successfully. A headlock is considered to be amongst those in the know. One of the worst fighting techniques you could ever do. It occupies both of your hands. And if you don't get what you want to accomplish right away, the person will use it against you because now you can't depend for punches, grab all that kind of good stuff. Jack Bauer is what I call an instinctive tra- uh, fighter. He's got some training, but he goes instinctive and doesn't rely on his training and all the time to kind of make sure he gets what he needs done to, to actually happen. That's why he gets captured a little bit. Now, in terms of, you know, Jack Bauer killing the assassins coming after him, interesting thing, he has killed some assassins. That's pretty impressive. But what he's done is actually killed a lot of henchmen who have been given the task by the the warlords, the terrorists, whatever, that, work for, that they work for, to go after and try to kill him. This is not a trained assassin scenario most of the time. This is some guy who's dangerous, 
and trying to get the drop on him to try to kill him. But that's very different than a trained assassin from a government trained assassin trying to take you out on the reg, just like what Jason Bourne has to face all the time. You're right. He may not try to kill you right away, although he probably will. He can also incapacitate you. He'll defeat you. He'll render you harmless in such a way where you can't do anything to him for two minutes, exactly what you would do in a who would win battle. Look, all he's trying to do is figure out what's happening. So, But he will defeat you. He's got a massive kill count. He's also really good at just ripping people apart and leaving them in a bloody mess on the floor, James Gapsy style. I'm telling you, this guy looks like he's been trained by me. I'm not even kidding about that. But let me get to my point number three in all of this. And my point number three, I'm just going to ask our Legion of Violence, our fan base, to grab your popcorn because I'm about to break this down into point-by-point analysis, James Gabsy style. But before I do, keep in mind, there's something kind of important we got to discuss here. Jack Bauer has been beaten in fights, then captured quite a few times. In season one, episode five, Jack Bauer is captured, tortured by the terrorists he's trying to stop. He's beaten, electrocuted, and ultimately gives in to their demands. That's fun. In season three, episode 18, Jack Bauer is captured by the Salazar drug cartel and, as you'll never guess, beaten and tortured. He's ultimately rescued by his team, but not before suffering significant injuries. There's that team again. In season four, episode 16, Jack Bauer is captured by Ray Yardy. said this is Chinese government. is held captive for almost two years, two freaking years. Tortured, didn't escape. Sure, he endured it, didn't say anything. That's awesome. Two years, Ray. Two freaking years didn't escape. So disappointed. All right, season five, episode 24, Jack Bauer is shot once and critically injured by Christopher Henderson, where he's then rushed to the hospital and goes surgery to save his life. One shot, taking him down. Listen, I'm not saying I'm going to do any better with one shot. But one shot took him down. All right, season six, episode four. Jack Bauer's overpowered by Abu Fayyad's men, where he is then again, you'll never guess, beaten and tortured. And finally, in season eight, episode 24, Jack Bauer is overpowered by Sergei Bajev's men and is uh, beaten and tortured. I don't know. Maybe he likes getting beaten and tortured. I don't know what's happening because it happens a whole lot. Now, let's do this direct side-by-side comparison I mentioned before. Let's talk about hand-to-hand com- uh, you know, combat. Bourne's been trained by the CIA's Operation Treadstone, which is basically the Harvard of assassin schools. He can take you down with a roll of the magazine or a ballpoint pen. A pen, people. This is the difference between the two. Jack Bauer has various types of military training. Ray, you mentioned that. You actually did a great job of bringing that up. But Jason Bourne's main training is on how to kill people, how to take out people in any way possible. Look, Army training, Army Ranger training, you know, Airborne, all that kind of good stuff is awesome. But they have kind of core competencies. They have objectives they're trying to accomplish. Jason Bourne's training is rip someone apart, tear them apart, take them out, kill them. I'm a master assassin trained by the top assassins in the top assassin school by the American government. That's crazy. Now, again, Jack Bauer's no slouch, but he's more of like, I've had four cups of coffee. I'm late for me. I'm up. I'm crazy. I'm cranky. And I got to take you out. And I'm going to take a lot of punishment as I do it. Bourne dances around Bauer like he's in a ballet of pain with the, when this fight happens. Now, in terms of firearms and weaponry, Bourne's the guy who could shoot the wings off a fly. If he runs out of bullets, which he won't, but if he does, He's going to MacGyver a slingshot out of dental floss and paper clips, bigger clips and some gum. 80s reference there for MacGyver's people. It's really cool. And Jack Bauer, Ray, you mentioned, he's kind of a spray and pray kind of guy with his, his firearms. Like he shoots a lot. He's hoping he gets that hit. He takes a person down. He'll unload that clip. But man, there's nowhere near the accuracy that Jack Bauer has, uh, that, J- that Jack Bauer has compared to Jason Bourne. That's a fact. Now, in terms of tactical awareness, Jason Bourne walks into a room. He instantly knows seven ways, you know, where people can be hiding, which will try to take him out. He'll know all the random objects he can use as lethal weapons. He's like Sherlock Holmes of Holmes were training Krav Maga. This is what's happening. So in terms of this who would win battle, look, no prep time, random encounter, no previous knowledge. This is what happens in Jason's Bourne's fights every movie he's in. And this is the opposite of what happens for Jack Bauer. At the end of the day, this is why Jack Bauer loses. This is why Jason Bourne wins. That's my point number three. 
I think those are some points that I do not see where you're even coming from. Oh, Jack Bauer isn't known for fighting people. He's known for interrogating them. You don't put up a body count of 309 in eight days unless you're, t- unless you're, unless you're killing people, unless you're fighting a lot, a lot, a lot. And I, I, w- I just was looking this up. There is a YouTube video of every single Jason Bourne fight, right? Every single one of them. It is a 10-minute long video of every Jason Bourne fight. Jack Bauer video of just his 10 best kills is 21 minutes long. When you talk about who has more experience in combat, it's not even close that it's Jack Bauer instead of Jason Bourne. And you talked about all the times Jack was captured. You know what I heard you say? Teams, cartels, entire governments. That's what it takes to uh, capture and detain Jack Bauer. I didn't hear you once say one good martial artist. It was always groups of people who have the jump on him with superior firepower. That's who captures him. That's not what's going to happen here. The other thing when I watch these fights in this Jason Bourne video is Jason Bourne seems to take his time. Jason Bourne seems to think every fight is a three-round who-would-win battle where you could spar a little bit out front, you could feel out your opponent, He seemingly has all the time in the world to do these fights. Jack Bauer, as I've demonstrated, snaps necks in two seconds and then goes about the rest of his day. He doesn't have the type of time necessary to play around with every single person that he fights. And if Jason Bourne's going to try to do a feeling out period with Jack Bauer, he's going to get shot in the chest with an entire magazine and it's going to be over. And that's the difference. Jack Bauer will go through 24 hours of personal hell in order to save the day, take out as many people as possible, feel nothing about what he's done as he's doing it, and Jason Bourne doesn't want to kill, he wants to escape, he wants to go to the French Riviera with his lovely girlfriend, and he wants to sell scuba gear out of a hut on a dock. That's the difference between these two characters. It's a battle of the hunter versus the hunted. Jack Bauer hunts, Jason Bourne is hunted, and I'm sorry, The fox doesn't take out the hunter too many times that I've seen. Jason Bourne, when he sees what he's up against, if he even gets the chance to, is going to take leave and run. Listen, Delvin, there's a reason why you're here, because you're such an amazing judge. You got to do what you normally do here and just bring your wizardry to this, this, this battle. You've heard three points from both Ray and myself. It's time for you to make a decision. Take us through your process. Tell us the story, if you will, and reveal who you think wins this battle between Jason Bourne and Jack Bauer. This is a really tough one. Even now, I'm still kind of like going back and forth with who I think wins because this is not one that I could just easily just make a decision on because you both brought up some really good points, even though James at the end was just like, just telling me in, in so many words, Jack Bauer's not, not that dude who he says he is. <laughs> like, he's like, he's just, he's just going hard on the pay to Jack Bauer. Like, nah, this, this guy is kind of a fraud. That's what he's kind of putting out there. But... It's a very interesting thing because I think he, James has some good points where he says, like, you know, Jack Bowers won some battles, but he has got caught, in a, caught a lot. He's been captured a lot of, on the show, and to his credit, sometimes Jack Bowers needed help with those things. Ray kind of countered that by saying that, you know, he Jack Bowers not fighting one guy. He's usually fighting armies of guys at one time. It's kind of a, it's kind of a catch twenty two with that type of thing. It's not like when you when you're going after Jack Bauer. You don't send one guy to get Jack Power. You send a squad of henchmen, which is kind of a, it's kind of a fair point. On the flip side, you have Jason Bourne, who is this amazing fighter, but 
at the story where Jason Bourne is, as good as he is as a fighter, he's more of a survivalist. He's trying to escape. He's all his whole thing, at least till the want to say, I guess the third movie, is I gotta get out this situation. I gotta find what I need to find and get out this situation. So the thing that I'm kind of struggling with is will Jason Bourne want to stick around and stay and fight Jack Bauer? Because Jack Bauer is the is like Ray gave a good point with it when he said Jack Bauer is like the Punisher. I will go a step further. Jack Bauer is like the Terminator. He's not going to stop. He's going to keep going at you until you either knock him out or kill him because that's that's in his character. And he and and that's as based off of what Ray was saying. It's a very hard thing to do. It's not easy. Like you know, they send platoons of people out there and stuff like that. On the flip side of that, Jason Bourne is a guy who has something to fight for, who has something to live for, who wants to find the truth. So when I when I come down to this battle, this is what I think is going to happen. I think they're both going to square off. I think they're going to start shooting at each other. They're going to start shooting. Jack Bauer and Jason Bourne are very good at shooting. Very accurate, very good. But I don't think they'll either one will get the upper hand at that. I think they will get in the hand-to-hand combat. I think Jason Bourne will get the advantage on that with his abilities. But on the flip side of that, Jack, as, as Ray pointed out, Jack Bauer doesn't necessarily play fair. Jack Bauer will bite you. He will try to bite off tissues and stuff like that. And I think Jason Bourne is smart enough to see the situation with Jack Bauer and see Jack Bauer is not going to stop and will leave the battle to fight another day. So with that said, I think Jack Bauer takes it. There you go. Wow, Delvin Cox, you know, I love your I love your analysis, but again, I gotta disagree. I know you're the smartest guy on the internet. Everyone's already said it. I totally get buy into that, but I gotta completely disagree because there's no reason for him to really leave. You're talking about someone who can also take punishment, severe insane amounts of punishment, and also knows how to rip people apart. You know, stabbing people in the arm with pens. He's also someone who goes there. I think you missed that analysis. I think no, I think you dropped the, the ball is- a little bit on this one. James, the thing is, he's going to try to do all that, and when he sees he's not getting anywhere, and when he sees that Jack is hurting him, and he's not able to hit Jack, he's not able to defeat Jack Bauer in the ways that he would like to, that is the time that Jason Bourne is smart enough to say, whatever I'm fighting for isn't as important as my survival. Jack Bauer doesn't always believe that. Jack Bauer will put his survival below the mission. I don't think Jason Bourne I, is the same kind of guy. I got I it. think Delvin Cox nailed it here. Again, I agree. I respect your decision 100%, but again, I'm James Gazzy. I got personal experience in training both of these types of people. I'm telling you, you drop the ball. This thing that I kind of see about this, you can hurt Jack Bauer. You can stab him. You can shoot him. You can severely hurt him. He's not going to stop. Jason Bourne is smart enough to know what. Like, hey, this guy doesn't have the information I need. I just need to get out of here. He's And and, and that's the problem. Jack Bauer is going to try to hunt you down. He's going to try to kill you. Jason Bourne is like, you don't have the information I need. I need to go. This is a waste of my time. And I would even take it one step further. Jason Bourne would try to get away, and Jack won't let him. Jack will shoot him from the balcony and bring him down when he tries to escape. Jack Bauer is unbeatable against a character like Jason Bourne, Guys, and everybody out there needs to know it. The last thing I'll say about this is, again, you're coming from a civilian perspective. For him to get out of there, he has to remove the threat. 
right? To be able to get out of there in the first place. You don't run so away from- So he's not from, getting out of there. So that's the thing. You're not running from someone if the so threat dead. is still there. Absolutely not. Delvin, you still are the smartest person. You brought up an interesting perspective. I completely disagree. But again, this has happened before. But that's why I love you so much because you bring that interesting perspective. So with that being said, tell the Legion of Audience, our fan base, where they can find you. You can find me on, I'm not saying X, Twitter. Thank you. <laughs> At Delvin underscore Cox. Check out the Delvin Cox experience and play some video games and PSXP anywhere you get podcasts. Also, check out um, the Mortalverse and check me out on Justin League Mortal as Green Lantern. Ray's there too, by the way. He's I love right. it. I love it. Delvin Cox, please come back on the show because you are awesome in every way, shape, or form. Even when I disagree with your judgment, I love how you put the whole battle together. It is absolutely so much fun. Fox and whoever makes the uh, Jason Bourne movies, take note, hire Delvin Cox as a creative producer and make this thing happen. All right, Ray Sicanis. I'm not going to say congratulations. Again, I completely <laughs> disagree with everything that just came up in this episode, but I'll do it respectfully. Tell Legion of Audience where they can find you. In the history of competition, there are some accomplishments that stand above others. You're talking about the Miami Dolphins undefeated season where they won the NFL championship. Was it Super Bowl? Who cares? They won the title. <laughs> I think it was the Super Bowl. And they yes. were never defeated that entire, uh, was it 1973? They were 72. never defeated. Thank you. Well, you would know you're the guy who's living in Miami, aren't you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I guess there it is. Anyway, the New York Yankees winning a barrage of World Series titles in the 90s and the aughts. The Detroit Red Wings rolling off five uh, cups around that exact same time. And in the annals of competition, me starting Showdown September with a win with Jack Bauer, with of all people, Delvin Cox as the judge, I might go 5-0 and in Showdown <laughs> September and I might not be defeated the entire rest of the year. I was nervous about having Delvin Cox judge this episode. I'm not going to lie about that because I often do not get a fair shake from Mr. Delvin. But as soon as I found out that he's watched a lot of 24, I knew that he was somebody who was ready to listen to what I have to say and my debating skills, my arguments, and quite honestly, my character, not just Jack Bauer, my personal character is so much better than anything my opponent put forth today. There was only one obvious conclusion when all the points were made, and that's Jack Bauer wins, Jason Bourne sleeps with the fishes. Now, he could be snorkeling with them. I mean, you know, he does have that hut with the scuba gear on the dock. You can find me on threads at Almighty Ray 316. Let's enjoy this one. I saw all you people out there with your hashtag WWW fantasy, all picking Jason Bourne, saying Jason Bourne wins. Jack Bauer has no shot. All I can think of when I see that is you don't know what you're talking about. And I have proved it beyond a shadow of a doubt here today. I'm going to actually go one step further. I am actually going to say that if I was in a room with Jack Bauer, and I'm killing him and beating him, who would win style? I'm not saying I could beat Jason Bourne, by the way, because he's got some insane training. I would take out Jack Bauer. I would put a million dollars on that Vegas bet right now. Just putting that out there. All right. So with that being said, Delvin Cox, Race to Canes, you can find me on Twitter and on Instagram and Facebook by typing in at James Gads. Remember, join the official Who Would Win Facebook group. To make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and to be part of our growing community, you can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, 
and wherever else you go for your podcast. On behalf of myself, Ray Sicanis, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win production team, thank you once again for checking out another episode of the Who Would Win show. We'll see you next time. Hey gang, I hope you enjoyed this episode and love listening to the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Quick reminder that you can support us by going to patreon.com slash show right now. Okay, got to prepare for next week's episode. Hope the rest of your day is full of wins. Remember crying when Optimus Prime died? Or the days when every series had a ham-fisted anti-drug episode? Or when you wrote fan fiction about how the Animaniacs were so hot in that water tower so they took off all their clothes and they started... No! No. Different podcast. This one is Knowing is Half the Podcast, a show devoted to the best and worst animated memories of your childhood. Every week we recap a cartoon from the past to see if they're as good as you remember. They're not. What are you talking about? They're great! You're both wrong. None of them get good until they're in a water tower. No! No. And Knowing is Half the Podcast.